But when things like this do happen, we're able to go back to the plan and say, well, how much has this affected us? You know, well, hey, actually, we weren't even going to take any of this other money over here that was more growth oriented for another 15 years. And the other stuff that we're planning to live off of for the next five to 10 years, it's actually a lot more stable than what's actually on the television. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Thanks for joining us on All Things Retirement. I'm Ben George. He's Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and founder of our Cardinal Wealth Group, serving that South Jersey, Philly, and all the surrounding areas with our office right there in Cherry Hill. Today's show, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus, kind of the effect it has had in recent weeks. Uh, this will be a little bit dated when you hear this episode, so let you know we're recording this in the middle of March, but still the kind of the overall idea of what's happening, and, and we'll get some perspective from Anthony on that as well. But we won't spend the entire episode on that. We're going to get into some other financial topics as well. The show must go on, as they say uh, in the financial world. You're, you're working with the process, a plan, and we're going to stick to that plan here on the show as well. We've got a few things we're going to go into. We're going to be talking active versus passive management, but also our main topic, we're going to get into the different stages of retirement, what it looks like, what you should be focused on 15 years out, you know, as you turn maybe 60, and then as you get into retirement. So how that looks at each stage and what it means for your retirement planning. Plus, we'll get to some mailbag questions before we end the show. So a lot on the table today. Looking forward to jumping into this one. Let me bring Anthony onto the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Just with everyone else, trying not to freak on out and uh, just trying to keep it cool, keep it calm. Obviously, we're both a little bit in that same time frame with the newborn. So we want to certainly making sure that we're thinking through it and rationing all the diapers and toilet papers <laughs> that we can certainly get. But I think that it puts it in perspective that it's, you know, not all about you when you have, you know, kids for, for me, at least anyway. And I think that I wasn't originally thinking that I need to stock up on a year's worth of toilet paper. But now when I went in there, <laughs> I realized I need to be. So I certainly went to go to dinner last Friday, pick something up from the grocery store on my way home and realized that there was not even a slice of chicken in the entire supermarket that I reached out to my wife and said, maybe we should have some other stuff just in case there's nothing. So, (laughs) yeah, it's been a, it was a crazy week, uh, a couple of weeks there, really. I mean, it, it all happened so fast and, you know, depending on hopefully things have settled down a little bit by the time this episode comes out, but yeah, it was just that kind of way, like where everything was fine. Then all of a sudden, like that panic switch was flipped and everybody was buying everything they could. The lines at Costco were through the parking lot and it was just pretty absurd. But uh, hopefully everything will settle down and we'll continue on into the summer and things will get a little bit better. But how is it uh, in terms of the work around the office? Are you guys doing work from home, doing some virtual meetings? How are you handling that? A little bit of both. We have people working from home now at this point and trying to keep in that distance. Certainly, been reaching out to some of the client calls or meetings this week and saying, hey, we can do this from home uh, virtually. So that's you know some of the changes that we've been making. But on top of that, there's been a lot more outbound calls and communications as to what's going on and how it might be affecting somebody's overall plan. So yeah, I mean, it's we're, we'll change as things continue to change, but making sure that those lines of communications are continue to be open, whether that's in our office or, you know, virtually. 
I got you. Well, you can find uh, any information on Anthony's team, Cardinal Wealth Group, online at cardinalwg.com. You can also call the office, figure out the best way to uh, get over there and meet with him at 609-605-2808. And let's just kind of spend a couple minutes on the coronavirus here and the kind of impact it's had. Because, you know, as we mentioned, everything happened so fast and it was such a rapid sell off, you know, right there at the first couple of weeks of March into the middle of March when we're recording right now. Um, have you seen anything like this? Kind of what's your overall feel of what's happening right now? Well, going back to 2007, that brings that, you know, to mind when I first started in the industry. And so that was, I think, what I can recall pretty fast paced. And this one certainly seems to be equaling it or outpacing it in terms of how fast it's actually gone down. So that's what kind of comes to mind immediately. And, um, you know, certainly different times in my life now that we're more planning focused, whereas before I was more portfolio management back, you know, 15 years ago. So times are a little bit different in terms of how we're looking at that with regards to our clients today versus 15 years ago. I got you. What kind of conversations are you having with your clients right now? Is everybody staying fairly level-headed about things or are you having to kind of get in there and talk some people off a ledge uh, with the way things dropped off so quickly? You know, overall, everyone's been pretty rational and I think it helps when you have a financial plan to kind of work back towards where you, know, you have a lot of answers there already to begin with or you've already done a lot of the preparations to plan for something like this, knowing that it can and will happen. This will happen again. And so part of what people hire us for is to make sure that we're controlling those things that we can by thinking ahead of what happens when this happens. So a lot of times we are crashing people's financial plans, if you will, to kind of see, you know, where some of those risks are. And we, you know, put plans in place to mitigate things like this. It doesn't mean that when we go through, it doesn't feel <laughs> like the same way we felt when yeah. we were planning for it because everything was working just fine. But when things like this do happen, we're able to go back to the plan and say, well, how much has this affected us? You know, well, hey, actually, we weren't even going to take any of this other money over here that was more growth oriented for another 15 years. And the other stuff that we're planning to live off of for the next five to 10 years, it's actually a lot more stable than what's actually on the television. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hype and panic and speculation out there, so it's it's hard to do. I know at times when, especially when you're living in the moment, but you got to keep that perspective and realize this is why you build a plan. This is why you take these steps and go through this process so that you don't have to react to everything that you're hearing and seeing on a moment to moment notice because the news is coming so fast. It just seems like, I mean, it's so hard to focus a lot of times. I know for me, especially just trying to work, having a conversation with somebody or doing an interview and I can't just help but like open up my phone and just kind of follow what's happening because things are changing so quickly. They really are. Yep. So, well, that's a little perspective on that, uh, on the coronavirus. I know it's uh, something that that everybody's a little concerned about right now, but uh, it's another good uh, reminder why you work through the different scenarios in your plan and get a sense of your risk tolerance. So when this happens, you're not, uh, you're not in the boat as some people that haven't planned and just thought they could do it themselves and, and have uh, taken a lot bigger hit along the way. But I wanted to hit on a quick financial dictionary because it kind of got me thinking about this. Uh, it was on our list of maybe things to talk about, but I think it fits into this conversation pretty good. And that's active versus passive management. So can you explain uh, the, quickly this, the difference between these active versus passive? I'll certainly try. So with passive management, it's generally going to be put into some type of target asset allocation, which 
in layman's words, means basically how much stocks to bonds that you're going to have. So in Let's use a 60-40 asset allocation, which basically means that you have 60% stock, 40% bonds. And that allocation is going to basically be held in good and in bad times. And so basically in that ride, if you will, of a wave, you're going to get 100% of whatever that 60-40 allocation typically does and 100% of those losses if you're riding it all the way down. And generally what happens is that that strategy was developed when looking at your time horizon and and risk tolerance generally as to what is the proper mix. But then it's just saying based off of that time horizon, let's hold this. And yeah, it might go up a little bit and down, but you should be okay based off of that from a risk tolerance standpoint and time horizon. And typically, there are some kind of prescribed sub asset class categories, meaning how much you should have in large cap or mid or small caps or domestic stocks like the S&P 500 versus international stocks or if we're talking about bonds you know how much should be short term versus long terms versus medium there's like a prescribed equation out there called modern portfolio theory and basically your advisor will help you figure that out but generally speaking it's going to be less about thinking about what it's like today and the market and what's doing well versus what's not doing so well And it's basically going to say, well, let's spread it out into all these different asset classes and hold this. And that's going to help to de-risk the portfolio because we're spreading it all out. And passive is just going to be holding it up and holding it all the way down through and through. And then on the flip side, the active is going to be a little bit more of, let's say 60, 40 is our target. But there might be instances where we might want to let it to go a little bit more aggressive and say towards a 70-30 or 80-20 if there's a lot of good things going on in the market. So think of the last 12 years before the coronavirus where the market has been in a bull market for 12 years. Well, you might want your account to tilt a little bit more offensively because there's a nice trend in there with the S&P 500 doing well. And so an active strategy might be to overweight in things that are doing well and take away from uh, those other asset classes that might not have been doing as well. Like at the time, maybe some value stocks or international were not doing as well in the past decade. So why don't we take a little bit out of that bucket and put more towards the S&P 500 that's been doing well for the last decade to ride that wave a little bit further? Um, And then the reverse is also true, where if the S&P 500 starts to cool off, maybe we'll take a little bit out of there and move it into something else that's doing better. And so active is going to take a more, in the word, active approach to kind of managing the, the risk in different types of asset classes along the way, whereas the passive is going to more or less just stay there because, you know, things change so often. Why try to go and be you know, as active trying to chase it. So there's a lot of theories on out there. What what makes more sense and what's a better fit, uh, whether it's something about your age or where you're at in your career or, or work-wise as to what might be more appropriate overall. 
I got you. Yeah. So depending on what your situation is, that's something you can talk about with an advisor. But I thought it kind of made sense to maybe kind of explain that a little bit further since people now may be more interested in that active versus passive management when it comes to their accounts now that uh, things have gotten a little more volatile over the last uh, few weeks. So thanks for that explanation. Yep. I think it really is going to come down to the individual and the advisor as to what are they typically you know, prescribe. And I don't want to say it's a one's better than the other. I think it's just going to really matter about what the client's expectations are. And there's going to be pros and cons to both, both things, both strategies at the end of the day. And they're not mutually exclusive. You can certainly have both strategies in play in your plan. And that's in many cases, what we have at our office is actually both going on at the same time. Gotcha. Uh, good explanation there. So let's move into our main topic, Anthony. And I, I wanted to you know, talk about this because it kind of ties in to the overall theme of today's episode with coronavirus. But it also it kind of shows you that no matter what the market is doing right now, you need to have a plan in place for every stage of your retirement. So you, know, you might be close to retirement. You might be 15 years away there needs to be a plan and what you need to be focusing on during each one of those stages. So today we want to kind of talk about a few different stages. First, about 15 years out, let's say that retirement age is around 65, kind of the average. Mm -hmm. Let's start about age 50. You turn 50, you're in your early 50s. What are some things you really need to be focusing on with your retirement plan at this time? Yeah, for sure. And I would say that they are, I guess you can, we're going to talk about it, it sounds like in stages, but I think it's more of an evolution. Certainly, if you're meeting somebody in their 50s and you start working with them, it's a natural progression, if you will. In terms of the stages, I think you're kind of looking at it from a lens of, uh, well, did you start working with them at 50 or maybe at like, say, 60 or 65? But in at, at 50, I think it's really about time to get serious if you haven't done anything yet at this point. you know What have you done thus far to start planning for? some of those things that might be coming up in the shorter term or as it relates to retirement. So number one, if you haven't got an idea of what you're actually been doing, so let's say for retirement and how much you're saving and where you're saving, it's probably a good time to start getting your arms around it. I mean, I would tell you that you really want to know at this point, probably that if you're about, let's say 15 years out, how much do we need to be saving if we still need to be? Where do we need to be saving it on a monthly or annual basis so that, you know, you can give somebody a number in their mind and they know whether or not they hit that or not. So if you need to be saving four grand a month and after, you know, our next review meeting to see if you actually hit those numbers or at the end of the year, did we save $48,000? You know if you're doing that or not. And it's pretty easy to know whether or not you're you're heading on track or not. So I think that is a good place to start getting a checklist of some other items that you need to maybe start thinking about over a couple of years coming up. What are you going to be doing with the kids with regards to college? Because a lot of times now that you might have a point where maybe you're at a, a higher peak from a job performance standpoint and income standpoint, now we got to understand, are you going to be taking on that responsibility for college payments or are you going to not? And that's going to affect maybe in, in some people's cases, how much ability that they're going to be able to save for retirement if they're a little bit behind. What type of debt management do we have to deal with? So do we want to try to get to a debt-free situation or are we going to be walking into retirement with some debt as well? So we kind of just, I think at this point, really want to get our arms around it, understand, can we be maxing out some things that we 
ought to be? And what's our kind of monthly number that we need to start saving to get to financial independence? It's a great list of things to be going through uh, at 50. So jot those down. You can always go back and listen to this podcast over and over if you need to, to get the list down. But let's transition now into about the age of 60. Uh, as you move, you know, you're about five years out, give or take, you know, some people might retire closer to 70. So let's say you're about five to 10 years out from retirement. You're getting a little bit closer now though. So I guess that that list of things changes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, we're kind of jumping ahead to stages, but if you're working with an advisor over that time, there should be a natural progression. There's so many different things to work on from a holistic standpoint. Really not do, I'm not doing enough justice to talk about all a bunch of other points that are equally or or super important, but jumping ahead like you said, I think at this point we're going to be at a point where we meet a lot of our clients and that's where they pick their head up one day and they're like, "Man, I'm going to be retiring pretty soon and I'm really not sure what I have, how well it's working and you know what I should be doing. So that certainly presses the gas pedal down a little bit further. If you really haven't done something, like you said, back at when you were around 50 years old. So I think at this point, you can almost taste and feel and see retirement. And so it's a lot more real to somebody at this point. Maybe they have some friends or family that's actually retired and they're starting to say, man, I wish I did some of these different things five or 10 years ago. And so that conversation really definitely changes from 50 to like 60 years old. And so now we're now that we can kind of see, feel and touch it, we can start thinking through, you know, social security timing strategies with regards to you know, are you going to be at this job another five more years or are you going to maybe try to go 10 more years? How's your health overall? How's your spouse's health overall? Are you going to be taking care of them or do you see this company maybe downsizing? There's a lot of shifts going on in the employment you know, marketplace where some people's jobs are going to be systematically replaced by a machine or by a younger worker and some people's jobs are super safe. So, you know, what have they saved this far and how well are they saving systematically currently? Do they have any pension options? And what about some of those places that they worked at before? Do they have their arms around some of those plans that they are entitled to from where they used to work before? Those are all things that we really want to get an idea of to make sure that we're not missing anything. And then I would be thinking about what are some of the short term things that we want to get done in preparation for retirement? For some people, they haven't you know, done any home upgrades for some time. They have some debt that they want to get rid of. Maybe they plan on moving into a different home, downsizing or different state. So we want to start thinking through of like, where's that money going to come from? Should we be doing different strategies in our investment accounts now to plan for a bear markets or just in case? So we, you know, you never want to get into retirement at a time with the markets like they are today. So we want to make sure that we start mitigating some of the potential risk that could be there and start maybe breaking up the strategies so they're not all invested in the same exact way and start thinking about it from a lifetime standpoint for retirement, start you know giving purpose to your money. And then I would say looking at some of those things like long-term care or health insurance, if you're going to be retiring before Medicare, how are we going to you know, deal with some of those expenses. Are we going to be able to handle paying some, adding them to your budget and things like that? Are you going to be able to continue a similar lifestyle that you've been accustomed to for the last 20 years? So, I mean, I could go on, but that's kind of a short list of things that are off the top of my head. 
Yeah, and it's a great list. And look, if you want to get into this a little bit deeper, that's when you want to sit down with an advisor and figure out exactly what you need to be doing. But this is kind of a general guideline of some things you can be focusing on at each kind of age of your life. Let's kind of move into, you've progressed now from about 15 years out to five or 10 years. Now you've moved to that retirement date. Anthony, what is the one thing, the absolutely essential thing you need to have figured out by the time you get retired? Well, are you on track to be able to do what it is that you want to do from a, I think, a budgetary standpoint? You know, is that actual dream of what you've been planning for a reality now? And if it isn't, what are, I guess, from a last minute standpoint, some actions that you can take to make it be a lot closer to that? Or maybe you now realized it. And now that you've realized it and saying, man, I've all that hard work has paid off. I mean, we, I see it all the time, right? You have people that come in that want to go through a discovery and get a financial plan to get into place as to what they need to do, but they actually never take those actions. And, you know, the discovery is important to be, know what you need to do, but if you don't end up actually doing anything, then it doesn't really matter. So hopefully you've taken those actions that you needed to, to realize and to take control of retirement. And at that point, you can look back and say, wow, I'm really glad that I ended up doing all those things over the last five or 10 years to get me into place now. And I think that if you've done that, now you're going to be looking forward to what do I need to do next to make sure I can protect it and continue to live that way. Or maybe you've got a rock solid retirement plan and it looks like you're going to have a bunch of extra money left over. What do we want to do with all this extra money? Where's it going to go? And you start thinking about things, maybe not right away, enjoy the retirement, have the retirement party, go travel, do whatever it is that you want. But at some point, I don't think the planning ever just stops. It's about you know what else do we need to be thinking about that we haven't really talked about yet or addressed yet. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, we talk about the progression from you know, 15 years out up to retirement, but you're right. I mean, that planning process doesn't stop because I mean, hopefully for most people, once you retire, you still have 15, 20, 25 years to live your life and enjoy retirement. So, you know, you, even if you have a rock solid plan, you're going to need to reevaluate and assess and, and make changes along the way during your retirement. And, and so that's why you got to remember that it doesn't stop when you retire. That planning keeps going on. I would tell you another one that comes to mind because of a client that came in this week is that doing this retirement planning with them, she had no idea about any of this stuff. And luckily, they've done a great job to get them into place from a savings standpoint. But without him, she would be so lost. So one of the things that we really have focused in on is to make sure that she gets up to speed as to what should be happening, what she needs to know, where she can find the information, who else that she would go to for help, passwords, documents, if he's not here tomorrow. I mean, the goal is to get her up to speed over time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not her biggest interest at this time. I mean, she's getting more interested now because we're educating her through the process. But prior, it was not really something that she really spent much time on. And I think making sure that if, and that's pretty common that I find that a lot of, you know, one spouse has been delegated a responsibility of the finances. I think it's a great time to get that other person up to speed in case that person is no longer here tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And something everybody needs to keep in mind uh, because it, it can catch up with you very quickly. And a lot of people don't make those plans uh, because they, they don't like to deal with money or, you know, it's not their strong suit uh, or they, it's just kind of the way it's always been done in their household. So uh, that's a good story, Anthony, for sure. Well, those are some things to be focusing on. It might seem like a long list, um, but retirement planning is comprehensive. This is what you go through with an advisor to make sure every box is checked and everything is covered so that you aren't surprised by something later in life and don't have it covered. Um, so we wanted to kind of walk through that and, and talk about those different steps. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Before we close out the show, let's get into our mailbag and uh, take a couple questions. And these are great because they, they both have to do with coronavirus. That's been the big topic and it's kind of how we opened the show up. So Let's close it on the same note. And got a couple questions I want to run by you here, Anthony. Uh, first one comes in from Jason. He says, is it wise for me to own some gold in my portfolio? And if so, what percentage is appropriate? Uh, that's a great question. And I would tell you, going back to that active passive topic that we talked a little bit about, in our active portfolios, we have taken more of a position, generally, I don't want to say in all of them, but in general, more of a gold portfolio, because that is something that generally moves in a different opposite direction than the market. And so that's more of a gold has held its own during these volatile times. And so that's why we want to be well diversified and not just own only things that are doing well. And so, yeah, I think it's not a bad idea in general to have some of your money in gold right now. Now, I wouldn't say take all of it and and put it right into 100% gold. But I would say general up to 15 or 20% is, is maybe not a bad idea. I, it, I would certainly recommend working with somebody who's got a strategy as to, you know, when to reduce that exposure at some point, but I've just kind of given you what, where we're at with it. And we certainly have some of that in there to help deal with the stock market volatility at this point. And that's where you know even REITs and U.S. Treasuries have also helped to offset it in addition to gold. Okay. Uh, thanks, Jace, for the question. Our next one comes in from Phil. The coronavirus scare has me convinced that the market will keep crashing again and again. I'm ready to move everything to cash right now. Is there any reason to wait? Well, I would certainly say if you, if you have a financial plan or planner, I would start there first and ask them that question. And just to make sure that you're not just making that from an emotional standpoint, which is totally common and understandable. These are certainly tough times and swings to deal with. But I would want to make sure that there's going to be other effects of going into cash. And that's going to be, well, how do you get back in, assuming that you can't just stay in cash forever? And so you're going to want to have a strategy to figure out when to get off the sidelines because there's plenty of people who missed that entire upswing of when the market started to recover back in 2009. So just making sure that you have maybe some systematic way to get back in there and that your decisions are not just being overrun by emotions is um, you know, probably my best advice that I can give to you. And you know, generally speaking, I don't know if it's an all or nothing type of strategy most of the time either. Maybe that truth is somewhere in between of having some on the sidelines and some still staying in the market. It just, I think, goes back to your planning at the end of the day. Yeah, that planning is the key. And, you know, there's other options out there for you, Phil, too. So you need to 
have that conversation with an advisor like Anthony to see what options you have because you don't have to move everything out there. You can get more conservative going different routes, uh, so whatever fits you the best. But definitely understand where you're coming from in terms of the coronavirus scare and watching that mar- market have such huge swings, it seems, day in, day out. But uh, thank you for the question. If you ever have a question for the show, for Anthony, you can uh, contact us via the website, cardinalwg.com. Or you can call Anthony's office too, ask them questions directly, meet with them, and uh, get everything sorted out there. 609-605-2808 is that number. So let's wrap it up on that note, Anthony. Good conversation. A lot lot covered today on this episode, but hopefully things will start settling down here soon or have settled down by the time this episode is listened to and uh, we we move forward and continue that bounce back process. Yep. Fingers crossed. Thanks, man. That'll do it for us here on All Things Retirement. Hit subscribe, and you'll have that next episode delivered right to your mobile device. So for Anthony, I am Ben. Thanks for joining us here. We'll talk to you next time on All Things Retirement. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.